we read today, though, let's bow for prayer. Father God, thank you so much, and thank you for blessing us by giving us your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to read it and understand it and begin to live it out in our day-to-day lives. And I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would rest upon me now so I can bring your word to your people today uh, in a way that brings glory and honor to Jesus and Jesus alone. Uh, So we praise you and thank you and thank you for this opportunity to come aside for a short period of time on a midweek afternoon to honor you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Proverbs 11.11 says this, By the blessing of the upright a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked it is overthrown. It's right up there. Let's all say it together, shall we? By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. Let's try it one more time. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. Proverbs 11, 11. And then let's flip over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'll read uh, beginning with verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing." For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. I have a good friend uh, from uh, Austria. Uh, who is quite a a prophetic voice and uh, has led uh, quite a number of prayer teams around the world, doing some really excellent ministry, excellent work. Uh, And he's been to London quite a number of times. And he used to go around, and I I would talk to him a little bit, and and, uh, and, and we'd be talking, and the subject of London would come up, you know, and immediately he'd go, a cesspool, a cesspool. You know, London is just a cesspool. Uh, because he's very sensitive in the spirit realm, and so he's picking up on all the demons that are around us and, and all the junk that's happened over the centuries, the blood that's been shed, and, and all these kinds of things, all the sin and, and everything like that that's going on. But he'd do that all the time, a cesspool, a cesspool. Finally, one day I looked at him, and I, I called him by name, and I said, uh, hey, London may be a cesspool, but it's my cesspool. Well, because I understand a fundamental that Christians have often forgotten. You'll often, I, I've been many, many times in a, a Christian group where suddenly we'll be talking about maybe another church down the road that has a few more members than we do and say, oh, you know, there's got to be something wrong with them because they're growing, you know, and we're not. Uh, or we'll go conversely, you know, we'll look at other groups and say, oh, they're not growing, so they must not be doing what God wants them to do because, you know, they don't have uh, tremendous numbers. Uh, or they'll say, yeah, my office, my workplace is terrible. My boss is a jerk. Uh, 
uh, her husband's an idiot. Uh, my, my managing director, he's just greedy, no good for nothing, cheats and lies and steals and, and on and on. Or I'll get Christians who are talking about the government and say, oh, yeah, you know, that conservative government, that's terrible. It's nothing but a club. Or they'll start talking about the, the labor leader, you know, uh, whatever that, his name is, you know. And, <laughs> and, uh, and they'll, they'll start criticizing him and telling, saying how terrible he is. And they'll, t- they'll start talking about how bad the government is and about how bad Europe is and how bad their pastor is and how bad their elders are and how bad bad the people sitting next to them are and how bad their city are, never realizing that there is a power in what we say. And this power in what we say is so significant that the Bible has recognized it quite clearly and labels some of the things we say as either a blessing or a curse. And notice what Solomon says here. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. But by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. I remember somebody saying back in the 1990s, and I know uh, in, this, in this country, Bill Clinton and his presidency was seen rather favorably. Uh, but for many of us in the body of Christ in the 1990s, uh, we saw the, the Bill Clinton presidency as a scourge because of its rampant immorality and the number of issues that were coming around that. Politically, he was brilliant, but morally, he was uh, degenerate, uh, at least at that time, at least from, that per, you know, from the perspective of being outside of all of that. And it was quite popular for Christians just to run down Bill Clinton as the president of the United States and constantly running him down, running him down. And I remember somebody saying uh, well into the Clinton presidency, maybe slightly after he was no longer president, I remember somebody saying this. They said, you know, if Christians would have prayed for Bill Clinton as much as they criticized Bill Clinton, he might have been completely different. And there's a truth to that that we need to understand in the body of Christ. And this truth, the reality of blessing, the power of blessing, what it means to live the blessed life, being blessed ourselves, is something that I think every single person in the world, and especially every single Christian, is something they want. Is there anybody here who does not want their life to be blessed? I'm asking that in all honesty. I'll give you a moment to think about it. Anybody here that doesn't want their life to be blessed? Would you rather your life to be cursed? Anybody? I have never met a sane human being anywhere on any continent of the world. Now, I haven't talked to any penguins uh, in Antarctica. Maybe they don't want to live the blessed life. I think they live the blessed life anyway, you know, skirting around on the ice and everything. But I've not talked to anybody, Christian, non-Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Sikh, Buddhist, atheist, whatever. I've not met a single person that doesn't want their life to be blessed. But in addition, I've met very few people who understand what blessing is, what the blessed life is, and the power of blessing for us as believers. And it is so powerful that by the blessing of the righteous, a city is exalted. And you could put, 
in, in city, you could substitute almost any organization or entity that you want. You could say, by the blessing of the righteous, a family is exalted. By the blessing of the righteous, your boss is exalted. By the blessing of the righteous, your business is exalted. By the blessing of the righteous, your church is exalted. By the blessing of the righteous, uh, transport for London is exalted. By the blessing of the righteous, the government is exalted. By the blessing of the righteous, any entity, any organization is exalted, is benefited, is uplifted by the blessing of the righteous. Now, to understand that as well, we have to understand what it means to be righteous. Because that's a key thing. Who are the righteous? The righteous are the people of God. We who are in Christ Jesus who have been saved by grace through faith, which was given to us by God so that nobody could boast. It's not by our works. We who are saved, we who are children of God, we who are saints, we who are alive in Christ, we who have been united with God in Christ Jesus, we who have trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life, we, by definition, are the righteous. Because the idea of righteous means somebody who is effectively in right relationship. Righteousness, biblically, both Testaments, has a concept. Yes, we talk about it in being right behavior, and that is, that is correct. But righteousness, biblically, inherently has the concept of community. So you cannot be righteous if you are living on an island off the coast of Scotland and you're the only person there. And you don't know God. If God's not around, you know, if God's there, you can be righteous because you can have a right relationship with Him. But in order to be righteous, you have to be in relationship. You have to be in relationship first and foremost with God and the only way you have that relationship with God is through faith in Jesus Christ. So you have to be righteous in relationship with God through Jesus Christ indwelt by the Holy Spirit But then also you have to be in right relationship with other people, with the people around you. You have to be treating them well, walking appropriately, living appropriately with them, talking to them appropriately, uh, acting appropriately toward them. That's what it means to be righteous. And so we who are in Christ Jesus have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, by God's grace, through faith, we are now righteous. And that means that as Christians, we have the power of blessing. Now, Peter would take it even a step further. And he'd say, hey guys, bless because to this you were called. You know, biblically, we as Christians are called to bless, not to curse. We are called to bless the way we live our lives and the way we use our mouths, we are called to bless. That is inherently our calling. And we can say that because it was also Abraham's calling. Remember, he was called there in Genesis. God said, hey, through you, in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's our inheritance. God's design for us as individual believers, as well as the body of Christ collectively, is to bless. 
It's not to curse. It's not to cut down. It's not to criticize. It's not to point out wickedness. All of that exists. But you know, biblically, you know whose job it is to convict the world with regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's not yours. And it's not ours. It's, Jesus. it's the Holy Spirit's job, according to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who will convict the world with regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. And it's not us telling people how bad things are that will lead people to repentance. You know what Paul says? Paul says it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. And so we are called, according to Peter, to bless. That is in our DNA, our spiritual DNA, our inheritance, our heritage is to bless. And notice what Peter also says, we need to bless because we are called to bless And through the process of blessing, we might obtain a blessing ourselves. So you know, when you bless, you can obtain a blessing. I'll show you how this works. You know, not to bless, to criticize the government, is a bit like climbing out on a tree limb and deciding you're going to prune the tree by cutting off the limb that you're sitting on. Not very intelligent. But do you know that if Theresa May's conservative government is successful, is blessed, do you know every single one of us will be blessed as well? You understand that? Even if you support the Labor Party, the Lib Dems, the Scottish National Party, uh, the UKIP, or the Green Party, or whatever party you happen to support, do you know if the government of the United Kingdom succeeds, is blessed, every single person in our nation will be blessed? And if they fail, guess what? We're all going to hurt. And yet, why is it that people are working so hard to make governments fail, no matter who's in power? It's not about helping succeed and coming up with their best government. It's by getting rid of the other people so we can get in power. Do you know that if the pastor or leader or elders of your church are blessed, that your church will be healthier and happier and more blessed because of that? So we are called to bless because in blessing we will obtain a blessing ourselves. But we need to understand what that blessing is and what that might look like. And so in a sense, that's what we're going to be doing the next uh, number of months actually, is looking at blessing, looking at how we bless, looking at what it means to be blessed according to the Bible, And then begin to learn how to put it in practice because, as the scripture says, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. So then, what is blessing? What is blessing? Blessing is not to approve of something that God says is not righteous. Blessing is not to approve of something that God has declared wrong. That's not blessing. In fact, the Bible says very clearly that it's very, very wrong to call evil good and good evil. It's an abomination to the Lord. So so that's not blessing. Blessing is not saying something that's not true. Now, blessing is not when you have a friend that comes in and they're looking terrible and maybe they haven't showered and, and so they smell bad and they haven't shaved 
so they look bad. Blessing is not saying, oh man, you, you, you are, you're the best looking person I've ever seen when you're really thinking in your heart, man, you are so ugly and smelly, I can't hardly stand you. That's not what blessing is. It's not speaking something that's not true. And that's not blessing, that's lying. And the Bible also says that lying is wrong. So to start out and just to begin us in the process of understanding blessing from a biblical standpoint, let me give you a simple definition here to start with, and we're going to expand this in the coming weeks. Blessing is to speak well of in relationship with God. Blessing is to speak well of in relationship with God. Inherently, the idea of blessing is to speak. You can bless by your actions, but the primary instrument of blessing is what you say. It's your mouth. That's the primary instrument of blessing. And you speak well. This means to speak shalom or wellness or peace or life into something. You speak well of it. You speak well. And you speak well in relationship with God because ultimately God is the source of all blessing. You cannot bless that which God does not bless. And you cannot curse that which God does not curse. Balaam discovered that. And if you need to look that up, look him up in the Old Testament and read his story, he discovered the power of blessing and cursing because he had that power given to him by God, interestingly enough, even though he wasn't of the people of God. To speak well of something, someone, in relationship with God is the fundamental definition of blessing. And it's to blessing that we are called. Because as we bless in relationship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit... We bless as those who have been redeemed by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, brought into relationship with our Heavenly Father as sons, and empowered and filled up by the Spirit of God so that our words of blessing have authority and have power to accomplish all that God desires. Let us choose to bless, for to this we were called, And in this, we might also obtain a blessing to the glory of God in Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for the power of blessing. Thank you for the call of blessing in our lives. And Lord, as we go forth in this series, I pray that you'd help us to understand what it is, not only how to do it, but also how to receive it so that we of all the people of the earth might be most blessed as we follow you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.